0: This is Jeff Kober and we welcome you to another Disney News on Parade for August 6, 2020. What do neon barbershop trailers at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort, sunken Splash Mountain logs and toy barbecue restaurants have in common? It means another episode of Disney News on Parade where we're covering all that is happening throughout Walt Disney World and beyond. We're showcasing everything from empty cantinas to empty stores to empty campgrounds, from food and wine editions to Disney Plus editions and more. We have so much to cover this evening and we're glad that you are joining us. Let's start at the Magic Kingdom. This last week, Traveler's Choice rated the Magic Kingdom as its. Top Traveler's Choice Award for Theme Parks. The Magic Kingdom sits on the very top of that list. Now, why is this at all interesting and important? Well, you have to understand that for the last, what, five, six years, every time people like us go down I-4 in Orlando, you see billboards that showcase Universal's Islands of Adventure as being rated as the number one Traveler's Choice Award. So for whatever reason, Magic Kingdom has now taken over that list as number one. Here's the list. First, Magic Kingdom. Second, Islands of Adventure. Third, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Fourth, Universal Studios Florida. Fifth, Universal Studios Hollywood. Six, Dollywood. Seven, Disneyland. Eight, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Nine, Silver Dollar City. And 10, Disneyland Park. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, This list doesn't even pass the laugh test. It just doesn't make sense that somehow we have placed Dollywood as being a preferred theme park by travelers over the happiest place on earth, or that Silver Dollar City is really better than Disney California Adventure. I've always kind of wondered how it was that for all these years, it seemed that Islands of Adventure was number one. It was the best theme park of all. Be honest, I even have to question Magic Kingdom being at the top. Yeah, no question. Magic Kingdom is the number one visited theme park in the entire world. And for good reason, especially given its location in the eastern market and so forth. I get that. But still, one could arguably question whether Disneyland should even be on top of that. And yet it's number seven here. By the way, Epcot's not even listed on the top ten list. Um, Silver Dollar City is, but... Epcot's completely missing. I know it's under a lot of construction, but it, it just it doesn't even make sense. And then if you get to the the international list, Magic Kingdom is at the top of that list too, but then the order changes out in in different ways. It, it just doesn't even make sense when you get to the international. In fact, in the in the top ten, you don't even see the tokyo disney theme parks listed there so and i can't quite understand how they have come to this conclusion based on what people say i mean i get i i get travel advisor i'd wanted i'd want to know you know where's a good place to rent my car where's a where's a good restaurant to go to um maybe you know a club or or some kind of Smaller amusement. If I was in a smaller geographic, but but to to call this list, at any rate, it just reconfirmed my thinking all along that something was not quite right. Still, Magic Kingdom is number one, and so we wanted to to let you know about that. Now, the big news on social media this week um, was a video. Of a Splash Mountain log literally sinking in the trough of the attraction. And the unfortunate response of the Disney cast members who were attending to that situation. We could make a whole podcast just off of this video. And by the way, I had the video. Make sure you check out the notes page for um, this week because we have a lot of photos um, attached to this to the things that we're talking about this evening. And we have a link or we show the video um, that was posted on YouTube of the guests who were um, in this unfortunate attraction. Uh, But here's the problem is what happened at Splash Mountain, I can can see as a one-time problem, although it relates to a slightly earlier conversation I had a few podcasts ago when we were talking about the what was at that time the rumor or the idea of putting um, a Princess and the Frog in place of Splash Mountain, I had said one of the challenges of that attraction is that it doesn't get reinvented from time to time because of its heritage, its legacy, its its you know cultural challenges. And so things like Br'er Rabbit bouncing uh, through the woods has always had difficulty. It's just they've never really, I mean, they do a lot of updates with the plumbing and with that kind of thing. But anyway, this is a little bit of indicative of that. But the bigger issue here, and one I've been trying to showcase way back for, well, well into um, maybe September of last year, Actually, it has to deal with another issue on the other side of the park, and that is the fact that since the parks have reopened, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover has not been operating. And now the rumor kind of underway is that they are actually going to take out the magnets or redo um, the track um, that operates that attraction, which probably is been long overdue. but. There have been issues with this attraction just in terms of fixing the seating on the ride. And, and as I studied it over the last eight, 10 months, it reinforces in my mind that one of Disney's challenges is, is that it does not have enough train maintenance. In fact, many of the maintenance workers you've seen are, are guys who are going back three four decades into the park's history and they're retiring and there's not enough new blood who really understand these rides and attractions can get them back up and running in a reliable manner and all of this is happening in the shadow of the fact that that new construction is happening for new attractions such as Tron nearby the people mover or um, we showcase uh, again another reason to see the notes page we showcase some some uh, park construction going on at the entrance still uh, with regards to um, new canopies and new um, facilities uh, at the boat dock um we there's capital expenditures to to get construction companies out and to get imagineers hired to come do this but the ongoing construction and maintenance really does seem to have it seems to be a struggle especially um at the at what TripAdvisor has said <laughs> is to be the number one theme park in the world. So um, again, that's that's been uh, an ongoing issue. Let's move over to Disney's Animal Kingdom to another piece of news that honest that I actually mentioned. I want to say late November, early December. I had stated as Disney Plus came out that Disney under uh, National Geographic was doing a lot of filming behind the scenes at Disney's Animal Kingdom, at the Living Seas, and preparing kind of a documentary series of what goes on um, uh, with the animal care at Walt Disney World. And so they've more formally announced this. National Geographic Global Television Network's President Courtney Monroe announced during Disney's Investor Day Uh, Disney Plus presentation, a new documentary series called Magic of the Animal Kingdom, which takes viewers behind the scenes with the highly respected animal care experts, veterinarians, and biologists at Disney's Animal Kingdom and Epcot's Sea Base Aquarium in Walt Disney World. In the heart of Central Florida, a team of more than 1,000 highly respected animal care experts, veterinarians, and biologists perform groundbreaking work at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park and Epcot Sea Base Aquarium. For the first time, National Geographic will offer viewers an all access pass into the 24 seven world of the incredible animal animal caretakers running one of the most advanced veterinary facilities in the world. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for so many of the documentaries and the materials coming out on Disney Plus, anything dealing with the theme parks. I, I, there's a, there's a Disney Plus special showcasing the new Mouseketeers from the 1970s at Walt Disney World. I am so, if there wasn't so many things to cover, I would be dissecting this documentary because it is, uh, it is a window into the 1970s for sure. But, um, but anyway, it's pretty exciting. Uh, this new documentary series, um, that we've been hinting at for some time. Also um, showcased this week are pictures and video of a beautiful new baby mandrill. Her name is Olive, and she was born back on July 25th. But it took a few days for the animal care team to actually determine that the baby mandrill is a girl. Um, cast members have decided to name the infant Olive to fit in with the rest of her colorful family, including mom Scarlet and sister Hazel. You see, all those are colorful names you could see the whole mandrel uh troop on kilimanjaro safaris at disney's animal kingdom actually i you know i need to look to see if i because i did actually see this when i was on the um safari about a week or so ago but it was a little hard to get uh, an up close view of that i'm not sure if i captured that i will have to go look for that let's move to disney's hollywood studios New graphics and construction behind the fence give us a glimpse of the exterior entrance to the Roundup Rodeo Barbecue Restaurant coming to Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, Earlier text that we shared some time ago kind of describes this, but we finally now get um, a, a visual of it. And I also showcase in the, besides that visual, I also showcase uh, kind of behind the scenes, I have a very tall arm, uh, tall body and a tall arm. And I sometimes can get some really good photos without violating any Disney rules. Um, but at any rate, this is what they say. Using three cardboard boxes cut and taped together, Andy has created a new a rodeo arena using some of his favorite toys, games, and playsets. And while some pieces are definitely Western themed, what makes this rodeo special is the broad assortment of toys that have been brought together to create a fun, colorful mashup atmosphere that only a child could create. Um, I'm excited for this, not because I'm a the biggest barbecue fan, but because I just love seeing this Toy Story Land grow. If if only one thing were added, I wish they would add the original um, retail spaces they were looking at originally um to this as well there's this little retail space they added recently to the exits of toy story mania which is actually a former cast room break room um redone um if one can take a we were at um the studios last week and Toy Story Land in all the theme parks has always been kind of a smaller piece, kind of like New Orleans Square is to Disneyland or um, Mystic Manor is to Hong Kong Disney. It's just kind of a, a, a little piece. But when you really look not just at the two outdoor rides and attractions, but you add Midway Mania and all that is inside. Remember there are... are two tr- tracks that intertwine, and then a third track out there. It's a, it's a big land. And uh, it was always disappointing that the, the counter service, which had great food, didn't have a lot of space to eat and only had two counters to line up and order. Uh, this is great that they're adding food and beverage. Again, I'd love to have some more indoor uh, space for retail as well. They They at the same time took the store The first store on the left, as you go down Sunset Boulevard, took out uh, caramel apples and the fudge and everything in that store and made it a Pixar store. At the same time they opened up Toy Story Mania, it never did the business that the same store offering much of the same merchandise did at um, Disney California Adventure when they redid, uh, the, uh, entire area to be Pixar themed, um, in the back of the park. And that, that retail space is just amazing. But here at the studios, it's just lacking and it's separated from Toy Story Land. It just doesn't work. At any rate, um, thrilled to be seeing the progress. It seems to be moving forward when it opens. Originally it was supposed to be, um, opening, Uh, this year but obviously because of the pandemic that's that's not going to happen but hopefully it won't be too long um, before we see um, this venue opening. Meanwhile let me just talk about empty cantinas and empty stores. First off uh, anytime anybody can get uh, an opportunity to go into Oga's Cantina that's very cool because often before the pandemic, you had to kind of make a a reservation. They were very popular, it was difficult to get in. It's still, there is still popularity in trying to get in. Let me just say though, because the park's attendance is very strong at certain times of the day, it also ebbs and flows and gets much less toward the end of the day. And so one of the hints I would give you, if you want to visit Oga's Cantina, Is to go and check it out um, at around five o'clock in the evening. The park closes around eight, so don't make it the end of the day, like seven o'clock in the evening. Make it around four thirty, five thirty. Kind of hang around. Honestly, that's if the way to tell that it's a good time to see if you can do a walk in on the cantina. We did within five minutes. We got a call back to come back into the cantina. a way to tell that is to go look at the queue for Smuggler's Run, and if it's 15 minutes or less, then go check out at the same time what um, what uh, if there are standby opportunities over at Olga's Cantina. Now, before they were just cramming this cantina, and you'd have a booth with three, four different parties inside of it. It was kind of crazy, um, kind of fun, crazy, but it was it, it was kind of crowded. Now you have this totally empty space. Uh, my wife and I um, got some non-alcoholic drinks and snacks, and we were one of only two people seated at the entire bar. The other party was on the way on the other side, and it was just really nice to be able to almost have it to ourselves. It's not quite the energy, but still, it was very cool. So just know that that's a little trick for seeing that. The empty, so empty cantinas and empty stores. One of the very disappointing things is many of the stores have not reopened in the parks. There was a lot about the black tarp being put up over at um, the Briar Patch near Splash Mountain. We just talked about that attraction over there. Some people saying that is, as forever. I don't know that it's forever. But if you look at this picture I have of the of the store this um, that is located on Hollywood Boulevard, it has not opened it. When it reopened and was redone, it featured all the Star Wars merchandise. It was beautifully kind of in an art deco design and uh, just really classy looking. Um, but when you look at this image, you see that most of the merchandise has just been cleared out of there. I assume it's been taken to other stores. It's disappointing not to see some of these stores, and, and it's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I'll talk about some more stores in a minute. Let's move to Epcot. Um, you'll recall that we did a big food and wine festival um, about uh, review, post, and podcast. Not uh, too long ago, we put a link here in the show notes page to it, but you can see it. It's on the front page of uh, Disney at play.com. We've already checked out about two dozen different dishes at the festival. We tried a few more uh, this last week. The first was a Mongolian beef bao bun served in China uh, in the China Pavilion. For some reason, I thought the bao bun would look similar to what you get at Satuli Canteen or what I usually see as, packaged, as, a, as a packaged bao bun in Asian countries I visit. Um, but as I received this dish and as I taste, I remembered actually tasting it last year, I think at the Food and Wine Festival. It was better tasting than the previous visit uh, and a lot more beef. I still wouldn't rush to try it again. Uh, the other dish was a flancho, flancocho, a flan cocho. It's a passion fruit cake with coconut flan. Um, it was available at the Islands of Caribbean booth, and it it tasted good enough. It's a dessert, um, but they pour honey on the top of it, and literally, it was a little over the top. Um, it's nothing again. I would hurry back. In. It wasn't bad. Um, I gave it two stars, but I I. Um, I wouldn't rush to have that compared to the cake pot the frozen cake pops that they're serving over at the world show place pavilion again if you haven't checked out our food and wine festival uh, you just gotta be sure you do that Um, also before we leave all four parks let me mention that this week we put together a video of the Disney character cavalcades. Remember, there's no parades, there's no Disney meet and greets. So Disney's come up with these, uh, a variety of different little um, cars and floats and boats at Disney's Animal Kingdom where the characters are able to kind of wave to you from a socially acceptable distance. Uh, We were able to capture over two dozen Uh, Disney characters and we've put it together in this kind of montage that looks at these Character cavalcades throughout all four parks So be sure to check out that video and make sure that when you uh, check out our videos Make sure you subscribe because we are constantly adding more videos all the time In fact, I've got two or three coming out this week Now that the parks have reopened and they're tied to some of the stories that we're doing. We're gonna hopefully get a uh, new Um, Splash Mountain um, uh, Tribute done that kind of showcases all that and um, some other good stuff coming. So be sure to check that out. Let's head to Walt Disney World Resorts. When, uh, When the Vacation Kingdom of the World opened, Roy and Walt's wish was that every accommodation be made possible for guests from what was quote, a sleeping bag to a suite. Well, no two places showcase those two opposite ends of the spectrum than Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Disney's Fort Wilderness. So let's visit both of them. First, at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort, before you get there, we have images of the new bridge that looks like it's pretty close to being completed and ready for guests who wanna just walk from the Magic Kingdom back over to that resort. It's looking very positive, looking really nice. We have images in our show notes page of the main atrium when you walk through. It is beautiful, it is pristine, it is empty. And it's about 6.30 at night, a time when people are coming and going from dinner and so forth and you can't even see one person. It's not like I sat there waiting for everybody to leave. It was an easy photo to take. And yet it says so much about the challenges. And we talked about this in the last post and podcast, which talked about the conference, investors conference call and the park attendance and the challenges they were having. Make sure you check that out if you haven't already. We also took images of the new Bippity Boppity Boutique as well as the, I think it's called Basin White, that is a fairly new store that was added also to Disney's Grand Floridian. Both of those sit empty. Not sure when they're going to reopen. As you step on through the atrium to the main gardens of the resort, you are immediately um, introduced to a very long blue fence. Uh, We've talked about this for some time about the NBA uh, being in a bubble to play out their tournament. And one of the places they're staying is Disney's Grand Floridian Resort. Um, this is an interesting imagery. Actually, it's I, I was a little surprised that apparently none of, you know, Disney's Grand Floridian Cafe or the um, uh, Be Our Guest style um, uh, lounge at, at the Grand Floridian, None of those amenities are available to these NBA players. They have taken just one portion, which includes the quiet pool. And we show you pictures of this fence. Um, there are cameras mounted everywhere. I got into a conversation with Disney security. Disney security does did not put up those cameras. It is the NBA has hired its own security force to deal with the NBA during um during this league playoff and um, they monitor where the players are going within the confines of their bubble it's it's kind of it's kind of trippy and weird what is also weird is that there is this makeshift it's like a it's like a, a small mobile home it's a barber shop it's an NBA logo barbershop. You could see the sign. You guys, I, I can't show you the whole barbershop, but you could see the signage of this shop. It sits in the middle of of what is the garden area of the main grass area of Disney's Grand Floridian, but it sits on the other side of the fence. Apparently, in order to accommodate the players during the playoffs, they provide them their own barbershop. So they just moved this big kiosk into it. I was totally surprised by this. Um, You have to check it out. It's kind of kind of interesting. So um, We went over there. We did a little event where we we got dinner over at um, Disney's Polynesian Resort Hotel Um, Those coconut meatballs are amazing. So is the noodle salad and then we went over for dessert I show you my little cupcake. It's just so cute Um, Wasn't the best cupcake I ever had but it has to be one of the most beautiful I've ever ever I've ever seen made. Um, from there, let's, while we were doing, and I, hopefully you've heard the po- podcast and review of our stay at Disney's, um, Wilderness Lodge. The second day, and I think I talked a little bit about the transportation here in that podcast, we went to Disney's Fort Wilderness Campground. I have images and this was, I think, more stark than anything because what you don't see at a Disney resort really quite much. You could see it at Wilderness Lodge where the hotel section of the hotel at night wasn't lit up, but it was more stark um, at Fort Wilderness because these were just empty campgrounds. Usually they are filled, and I'm, I would say most of the year, they stay 85% filled or above and more than usual, like 95% and above filled and often 100% filled at that campground. There are people who come and stay for months at the campground and here you are and you just see these entire sections that are empty Um, and you go past the cabins and they too are kind of, empty and it's it's disconcerting um to see again so many things that do not have occupancy and I'll just say this one no I'll say it probably a few more times if you are wanting to have an experience where it feels like Walt Disney World is all yours come and get it Because as you go into late August and September, this is when kids go back to school. And already there aren't that many kids. There are going to be less kids. And this place is going to be all yours. Uh, I had uh, my friends, the Scallies, who helped me on a previous podcast. They actually were going to drive down to Walden. Well, they were coming for the 4th of July. And when they realized the parks weren't going to be open, they canceled and went to Myrtle Beach. So then for her birthday, they decided they'd come drive down to North Carolina or somewhere in that area to visit their daughter and grandchildren. And then they were going to drive to Walt Disney World. Well, then the hurricane that um, amazed the nobody um, came, was was coming through, supposedly. And so they decided to turn around and go back to D.C. But they got back to D.C. and realized, what are we doing? doing here and so got on a plane and came back stayed at their very favorite place which is bay lake towers um at disney's contemporary resort and um again uh, i'm mentioning this because uh they came and they could see how empty this park was uh, these parks were and you will see the same when you come and this is the time to do it and frankly disney needs your business I'm hawking them a little bit, because I see so many of my neighbors who do not have work right now. So come to the parks. If you're safe, if you're healthy, come to the parks. Wear a mask, come to the parks, and check it out at this time. Um, while we were there at Fort Wilderness, we checked out the new Tricircle D Ranch. Beautiful facility, so impressive. This facility was moved and rebuilt because of the new Disney Reflections um, Lodge being built. And so they kind of built it to where it was kind of across the street from where it was. And the facility, I've showcased pictures in the show notes page. It was delightful, saw some of our old friends there who have been so wonderful to us and to our son over the years. They, They still have the little showcase of photos and awards and plaques um, from the many years of 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 using the horses in so many different compa- um, items and capacity, uh, we were able to see uh, new ponies that were recently born. They have a new room that showcases the harnesses that they use with the horses. Um, those are beautiful. Showcase the Calliope is there still. It was great to visit. Just if you get a chance to go over there and visit, it's it's a wonderful experience. While there across the street is the construction fence um, for an enormous space that really kind of takes over what was river country. And even beyond that, behind that was actually employee, cast member parking and so forth. Of course, the rumors for Disney's Reflections Lodge was that this was going to be postponed, if not canceled. I didn't get that impression when I was there a couple of things kind of indicated that things were still happening first was uh, a lot of tools and equipment uh, materials pipes things like that and I'll show you pictures of that were in play there Um, construction vehicles were coming and going from the site. It was Saturday afternoon. It wasn't busy construction wise, but I had seen construction vehicles going through, um, on new roads, by the way, that have been added into this area. And then there were cars that were just simply parked within that whole construction area. Um, I didn't see this as an abandoned construction site. So um, more to come. I, I would think that they're not in a hurry to open this simply because I can't imagine that the demand is that great when they haven't, um, you know, fully opened other things. So, but notwithstanding, it was great visiting Fort Wilderness. A little sad because of its occupancy, but so great to be back at the Tri Circle D Ranch. And if you get a chance, definitely check that out. Well, hey, we've gone through a fairly involved Disney news on parade. Covered so many things from Magic Kingdom to Fort Wilderness. Hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, Please make sure that you have subscribed to this podcast. Download other podcasts that we have. There's so much that we have shared. We're excited for what we have to cover ahead of us, and we want you to be part of it. Make sure you go to our YouTube page and subscribe to that, J. Jeff Kober and just check out all that we have both at at disneyatplay.com and disneyatwork.com where we talk about best in business ideas from the disney theme parks that you can apply back to your own place of business we'll have an upcoming article from there next week as well as other articles in disneyatplay.com so podcasts and more so be sure to join us thanks for being with us today remember always as in the words of Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day, see ya real soon.